Wonderful welcoming season from Walker has come to an end. We're breaking it down. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, how are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Today's show, Walker Kessler concussion means he's likely done for the season. Let's look at this remarkable rookie year from the kid from Atlanta, Georgia, via Auburn and North Carolina, and the Jazz via the Minnesota Timberwolves in a steal for the Rudy Gobert trade and a piece of the puzzle for the future. The Lakers are in town and they're rolling a bit. AD and LeBron matching up to being a real force. The addition of Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, along with Austin Reeves becoming a free throw like ridiculousness. Uh, All making great trends Tuesday as well as we'll have our lottery fund. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, the radio voice of the Jazz and Jazz NBA Insider, and this is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube, so please subscribe and follow the community and be a part of the group and enjoy yourself and chat with everyone. Hit the little bell button on YouTube so you get notified the minute we are uh launch a show, or anything of that sort. So thank you very much for tuning in to your team every day. Um, One note, just locked on note for you. I always try to update you guys. You guys built this network. Um, If you are an NFL draft fan, we have a new newsletter that's pretty great, pretty detailed, pretty outstanding. It's free. So it's at lockedonpodcast.com slash newsletters. I'm a newsletter guy. I have one email address that's just every newsletter I want. I sit and read it all day. Um, so if that's you, um, that's my new RSS feed. So go do that. Um, it's at lockedonpodcastscom slash newsletters. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at game time. Game time app lets you download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code locked on NBA and get 20% off your first purchase Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Game Time is a ticket app. So welcome to Game Time as a new sponsor for Locked On. Um, all right. The um, unfortunate, we kind of had a feeling this was probably going to happen yesterday, is that it sounds as though Walker, nothing official, but it does sound as though Walker's season may have come to an end. It's kind of, we're all, Tim McMahon basically reported it. Um, so that feels like it has a little bit more credence to it. Um, and then, um, I think when you start also just doing the math, like I did yesterday on the show, if he's in the concussion protocol and then, you know, I think the best case scenario is he gets out like Thursday or Friday, you're just not playing him on, you're just not going to play him on Saturday or, um, or Sunday. So it's a bummer, but what a season. David Smith, who does great work always on Twitter, David J. Smith, um, had a list, so I'm going to steal it. He's number one in the league in field goal percentage. He'll be the first rookie since Jerry Lucas, to who played for, I think, like the Cincinnati Royals, 
to lead the NBA in field goal percentage. He is number one in effective field goal percentage. He's number one in two-point field goal percentage. He's number two in true shooting percentage. He's number two in block percentage. 8.5% of all shots are blocked. This is crazy. He's number two in offensive rating. He's number four in total blocks. He's number four in blocks per game. He's number five in offensive rebounding percentage, which I really believe these two things, rim protection and offense and rebounding, are going to be massively important. Um, I think the NBA offense has exploded to such a level that extra possessions are more valuable than they've ever been before. And therefore... When you grab an offensive rebound and you're scoring at the rate NBA teams are, that's defensive rebounding in turn is going to be. So having someone who's fifth in the league in offensive rebounding and seems to have a little bit of a knack for that um, is pretty great. Uh, Fifth in offensive rebounds total, seventh in total rebound percentage, and 14th in win share per 48 minutes. Here's what I think is maybe most also important. And really, I think a lot of credit has to be given here to the coaching staff. You know, if you think about all the times in which we have talked about, like, oh, this guy's got to play, and this guy's got to play, and the, the Jazz really milked this along, and I like to use the Oreo cookie analogy, that if you take an Oreo cookie and you dip it in milk and you over-dip it, it collapses at the bottom of the cup and is not as good. And if you sort of dip it, it's just an Oreo cookie. But if you dip it just right, it's incredible. And that's what the Jazz did with Walker Kessler this year. They they really managed him beautifully. 41 games of the year he started. He, te- he tasted starting a few times. He got pinned under the basket by Rudy Gobert. He got manhandled by Nikola Jokic. And then they would pull him back. And then at 41 game mark, they turned it over to him. And then when we were in Miami, which had to be about the 65 game mark, or on that road trip, they suddenly expanded what he did defensively and suddenly had him in Orlando guarding Markel Fultz and had him doing all sorts of different things defensively. The zone defense was a huge task for him. It was a 1-3-1 one, one where he's on the bottom line of the zone and they made him, you know, he had to run out and try to guard the corners, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. Um, and he's still got really major things to do offensively that need to improve, but he's not you know, not to criticize Rudy and always have that comparison, but he's not that guy. He's not, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, you know, he's got to understand it. He's not good when teams are switching. He's not good when teams are, you know, he's got to be able to take advantage of the switch. He hasn't quite figured out how to do that. Um, but he has figured out, you know, how to have an impact. In his 34 starts, he played 28 minutes. He scored 12 points. He grabbed 11 rebounds a game. And we were positive when he was on the floor. And to me, that might be the biggest issue. And there's still some, like, duds out there, right? Like, Brooke Lopez game, that was hard for him. Nick Claxton games, those are hard for him. He's got to figure out some of those items. Um, Here's what I do like, though. If you look at his season, we're 1.1 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor offensively. We're 5 points per 100 possessions better when he was on the floor defensively. Team shot four percentage points less when he was on the floor defensively than when he was off the floor. We did not force turnovers. I think we changed weight. And we fouled much less. 
Opponent shooting frequency, three percentage less shots when he was on the floor at the rim. And actually, the threes were the same. So really, teams shot 7% more mid-range shots when he was on the floor. Teams shot 8 percentage points less at the rim when he was on the floor than when he was off the floor. Pretty great. You start looking at some of the lineup data. Like, this is a piece of our puzzle. Right? We have a piece. So what are the other pieces of this puzzle that we kind of know? Well, I don't, I don't know that we know a lot right now, honestly. I think we have gotten a little overzealous on some of them. So what I do know is I think that Walker Kessler and Lowry Markinen, who I thought was super cute, went out for dinner together in San Antonio as they kind of, I think, are aware of this also and begin to foster this a relationship. I don't think that they spent have done a lot of dinners together this year. I don't think that was a regular occurrence, but maybe. So, you know, you begin to see them figuring this out. So when Lowry and Markkinen, where Lowry Markkinen and Walker Kessler were on the floor together this year, the Jazz were plus 5.8. Their offense was in the 83rd percentile. They were brilliant on the offensive glass. That's what drove it. They were an average shooting team. They didn't turn it over much. They turned it over a decent amount, a little too much. They didn't go to the line a lot. They got offensive rebounds. And defensively, they were in the 73rd percentile. They were really good against the shot, didn't force any turnovers, and really good at not fouling. So when you look at that, I think that's important. You add Ochai Abaji, who is a piece. I don't know at what level. I'm going to be a little cooler on that than some other people right now. I think I've seen flashes, and I'm pretty excited, but I, I don't entirely know that I think that that's necessarily the starting shooting guard for the future for the Jazz. But it gets pretty exciting. You put Ochai on the floor with Walker and Lowry, and the Jazz are plus 10. 95th percentile, 99th percentile offensively. Again, the offensive rebounding is probably not sustainable. It's at 43%. It's kind of crazy. And the defense is actually not great. It slips to the 27th percentile, um, but the offense is so good that they survive it. They don't force any turnovers at all with that lineup. This lineup, sample size to me, is a little too small to take totally seriously. But the Ochai Baji, Taylor Horton Tucker, Lowry Markin, Kelly Lynn at Walker Kessler starting lineup, which is the majority of it was plus 10 um, for the season. Um, so that's pretty good. So I think that they're like, it's a grand slam success season. Um, he still has growth that is needed. So let's talk about that um, as we continue. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located in Woods Cross, excuse me, located in Logan, Linden, and in Salt Lake City. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. The Hyundai car has all the bells and whistles you could possibly imagine, and it's pretty great. Um, I'm driving this fun Santa Cruz right now, which is a hybrid truck car. The SUV lineup that regularly exists that you know is the Kona, it's the Tucson, it's the Santa Fe, and it's the gorgeous Palisade. 
Let me set up a VIP meeting with you at Murdoch Hyundai, and then you check it out. If you're looking for a car, I strongly suggest you take a moment and look at the Hyundais. Then you decide if it's right for you. But I think for the dollar value, the bells and whistles you can get, you should take a minute. So email me and let me set you up with Cameron in Salt Lake or with Jake in Linden. Or if you're heading up to Logan, I can set you up as well at dlock09 at gmail.com. And we can get you a uh, VIP meeting over at Murdoch Hyundai. I want to welcome a new sponsor to Lockdown. I'm pretty excited about it. It's called Game Time. It's a ticket ticketing app which seems only logical right that we should have a place for you to be able to go get your tickets you can use the promo code locked on to get nba to get 20 percent off um so game time if you browse through the game time app you'll you're going to see flash deals last minute tickets easy to find buy tickets for every kind of event in your area images of seat views lowest price guarantees event cancellation protection it's pretty great Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals um, on t- deals for tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, all the rest. Game time guarantees you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's a guarantee. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get the images on your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect and when to arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps. You're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag tickets with Game Time without stress. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. So Walker still has room to improve, certainly. And I think the improvement defensively is just going to happen with time. I don't think I've got some great magic elixir. I think strength will help him. I think anticipation. I thought he got jumpy at one point this season. Um, but on the other end, on offensively, there's a lot of growth to be done. Some of it's going to come with strength. Some of it's going to come with the Jazz opening up the world to him. Some of it's going to, it's going to have, most of it I think is actually depending on defense specific. I think he's become a pretty good roller against a drop. Like he's a problem. The way Rudy was a problem. And I think you'll see teams playing less and less drop against him because he's getting behind those defenses and being able to make plays. And then... From there, I think you'll see him have to figure out how to deal with switching defenses. How does he roll? How does he get out early? How does he have an impact? Can he pin smaller guys? That's probably going to be the biggest step for him from an offensive standpoint. Does he add the 14, 15-foot jump shot? Sure. I'm not super excited about it because it's not the most efficient shot. Um, does he add the three quietly over time the way Jonas Valanciunas and Brooke Lopez did? Sure, it allows you to play with a variety. I think the biggest thing, and I, and I asked Will about this the other day, is the reality in this league is that defenses in the regular season have to take away the rim. So if you look at the best defenses in the NBA, they take away the rim. But if you look at the teams that make the playoffs... The teams that make the playoffs, crazily enough, don't go to the rim. They don't need to go to the rim. So shooting frequency defense 
Golden State, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami are the four teams in the league that are below 30%. Golden State's at a crazy 25%. If you look at shooting offensive frequency and you look at the teams that don't go to the rim, Phoenix, Golden State, Miami, Brooklyn, Dallas, Boston, Utah, Washington, not really playoff teams, but the five, the teams are below 30% other than Boston are playoff teams. I mean, other than Dallas are probably playoff teams. And that's a story in of itself. You know, the t- these are teams that, sh- that shoot threes. The, the the teams that are going to the playoffs are teams that, that let it rip. The offensive teams that shoot generally shoot a lot of threes are, are playoff teams, and then they will come in and shoot some more mid-range shots in the playoffs because the rim gets denied. So it's an interesting little mix. So Walker, the next other step for Walker is defensive versatility, being able to play in, in all of those circumstances. But really... A wonderful, massive success for the Utah Jazz. I think more than anyone expected, or else he would have been drafted higher than he was. Um, you know, the Jazz can tell us that they, it was a particular piece of the puzzle they had to get. Makes sense, because they needed a center. Um, and Will's been really honest about it. Like, they just weren't sure about his hands and his feet. And then early on, they saw that his hands and feet were just outstanding. He, his ability, maybe that we're not talk. I didn't talk about enough in regards to his skill and why all these things can come together, is his ability to stay on balance. It's just tremendous. He's got great hands, and he stays on balance all the time. Um, And that's the key to, I think, what's made him such a a tremendously uh, adapt player at such an early stage of his career. So wonderful. All right, the Lakers are in town, and they're rolling. They've won six of seven. Um, What they really have done is won one game, that, or maybe two, impressively. Like, they beat Orlando. They should have. They lost to Dallas, which in retrospect is a little bit of a disaster. They lost to Houston, which is a little bit of a disaster. They beat Phoenix, which is a good win. I don't believe Durant played in that game. Because I don't believe Durant's lost yet. They beat the Thunder at home. They lost to Chicago, which probably wasn't great at home. They then beat Chicago, beat Minnesota, beat Houston. They now come in here tonight. LeBron is actually listed as questionable with foot soreness. AD's on the injured list as well. Then they play the Clippers, which is interesting because the Clippers need to win. That's a big game tomorrow night. So they have a back-to-back. They may sit LeBron tonight because they have a back-to-back tomorrow. They may sit Anthony Davis tonight because they have a back-to-back tomorrow and try to sneak by us knowing that our centers are Doka Azabuke and Damian Jones. Then they've got Phoenix, and then they've got us to close the year. So they do control their own destiny is what everyone's saying, Like, which is a weird comment, but it's a sports term. Um, to the fifth seed if they want it, but they also have games that I think are going to be difficult to win. They're currently tied at seventh. They've won seven of 10, which is the hottest team. We'll look at trends here in a second. New Orleans is won seven of 10, and they're tied with them for seven, eight. Golden State's just a half game behind, and the Clippers are just a half game ahead, and the Clippers, who they play tomorrow, are just a half game ahead. So that is a mammothly important game tomorrow for the Lakers to face the Clippers, which might actually be, in some ways, a more important game than the one tonight. What's interesting on the Lakers right now is that they are kind of, you start looking at lineup combinations and you try to start zeroing in a little bit on, okay, who are they at this point, right? So, you know, we could, and I don't have all the filters to do this, but 
you know, if you kind of start looking at them since the trade deadline when they just added NBA players, like this goes back to the rule of 240. We talk about this all the time on this show. If you're a five day a weeker and you're with us all the time, you're an everydayer on this show, you know what I'm talking about. Like we, I talk about 200. If you're not, that's fine. I'll teach you, but I'd love it if you listened every day. Um, is, you know, we, the beginning of the year, we go look at every roster and say, who's got 240 minutes of, of NBA minutes on their roster. And the Lakers weren't anywhere close. Um, and the Lakers, you know, now when you start to look at the Lakers and you start to, you know, put them together and put this roster together of who they have as players, you, you start to see that they actually are on, on their, on their way to something. Um, and you start, the other one is you start to eliminate like the players who don't play anymore. Like they've had Max Christie and Matt Ryan and Russell Westbrook and Scottie Pippen Jr. I mean, the amount of guys they've had playing on this roster this year is somewhat crazy. And so if you start to filter through the lineup and put Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and D'Angelo Russell on the floor, and you get rid of the other guys, it's not a lot of possessions, right? They have been injured, but they're plus 18. Their offense is in the 99th percentile. You just put AD and LeBron on the floor, Without Russell Westbrook's Thomas Bryant, Sterling Brown, Juan just they're plus eight point three. Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt are viable NBA players that are now in their rotation. You go take their lineup and just take off all of the guys that weren't as good. They're only plus four point two. Um, and they do still have some lineups that are fairly ugly, like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Tony Brown, Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis is really ugly. And that might be what they start tonight if LeBron doesn't play. So that's worth noting. It's minus 12. It's been really gross this year. So they still have some ugly lineups, um, but they're generally, if you start to put their star players on the floor, you're now seeing an uptick and you put all their star players on the floor, you're beginning to see a team that's a really viable force in the playoffs. With Anthony Davis on the floor, they're plus eight without Russell and all these other guys that don't play for them anymore. And their defense is in the 90th percentile. He's been a beast. So it's pretty impressive um, on where they are and what they're doing. All right. uh, Trends Monday, which is Tuesday, and we'll play our lottery as well. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp. Always trying to get better in this world. Always trying to improve yourself, always trying to get to know yourself better. Well, therapy can really help you in that process of growing and changing and evolving. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react like we do we, until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire or get matched with a licensed therapist or switch. And the nicest thing, you can switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. I actually think that's like the biggest selling point here because trying to get a new therapist right now is virtually impossible. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash N-B-A. 
All right, let's look at Trends Monday, which is not Trends Monday, but how are teams playing? It's a little funky this time of year. Teams are sitting players, and it's all a little bizarre, and it's sometimes a little hard to tell. We'll look at the last 10 games of everyone in the NBA um, and see who might have clicked in and then decide whether we value it. The number one offensive team over the last 10 games, Boston, New York, Sacramento, Toronto. That's interesting. Memphis and Cleveland. So Toronto is healthy. Has everyone clicking. The teams that can't score right now are Portland, Charlotte, San Antonio, Detroit, Minnesota, and Utah. Minnesota really has not been able to score since the trade deadline. Uh, Defense, number one in the league, last 10 games. New Orleans, Boston, Orlando. Boy, Jamal Mosley's got them playing. Chicago, Toronto and the Lakers. So the Lakers really Ding up six best teams. Not defending Houston, Indiana, San Antonio, Atlanta. Quinn has not got them playing defense. Detroit and then surprisingly Miami. So who are the hottest teams over the last 10 games? That's Boston. No team. Only team that's eight and two is Memphis, by the way. Everyone else is seven and three. Boston, New Orleans, Toronto, Lakers. So one of the hottest teams in the league coming into town. Cleveland, Chicago, and those teams that are struggling, no surprise. Portland's minus 15. San Antonio's minus 15. Houston's minus 13. Charlotte's minus 11. Detroit's minus 11. And Indiana's minus 9. Let's look more closely at the last two weeks and see what we've got there on any trends as well and see what we have coming down the pipe. The number one team in the league over the last two weeks is Boston then New Orleans, both those like in a different stratosphere than the rest of the world. New York third, Lakers fourth, Toronto, and then Orlando. Jamal Mosley, really impressive. Teams are the worst are San Antonio, Houston, Portland, Detroit, Indiana, and then Utah, actually. Non-blowout minutes is the sixth worst over the last two weeks. Offense, number one in the league over the last two weeks. Milwaukee, New York, Brooklyn, Boston, Sacramento, and Atlanta. So Quinn's got them rolling offensively, but not defensively. And Milwaukee, whose offense was really bad for most of the year, suddenly the number one offensive team over the last two weeks. That's worth noting. Teams that can't score right now, Portland, San Antonio, Utah, Detroit, Charlotte, and Minnesota again. Number one defense in the NBA over the last two weeks, New Orleans, Boston, Orlando, Denver. That's interesting. Minnesota, that's where they're using Rudy better. Toronto, at sixth, and then teams that aren't defending, Houston, Indiana, Miami, San Antonio, Detroit, and Atlanta. So the Miami thing's really interesting. Like, you think of Miami as this tough, rugged defensive team, and they're they're simply, they're not. All right, let's do our lottery luck for the day. We have not had lottery luck on the show yet. Um, if you look at my screen, you can sure tell that Ron Boone and I looked at Nike on the way, and I'm just pummeled with Nike ads right now. All right, we are sitting at ninth, and the Dallas thing is getting interesting. So Dallas, there's a lot of rumors that they're going to shut down Luka and Kyrie, and they floated the idea clearly through Shams yesterday that they might consider doing that. We have to, like, be careful that they don't catch us. We'll end up with the exact same record as them if we lose out and they lose out. Um, both of us have 42 losses. Both of us would end with... They actually have one more win. So we have to, if we want to hold ninth, we have to lose out and make sure that Dallas is not doing the same. Dallas has to, if Dallas's pick were to go, their pick is currently not, um, is protected 1 through 10. So if they were to slide to 11, 12, or 13, they lose their pick. So interesting little fun game for Dallas right now where they suddenly might actually tank these final, for them, final three games of the season. Um, 
to go to 37 and 45 to secure themselves in the 10th spot and try to improve their chances of keeping that pick. Now, what that means for what Kyrie does and how Luca feels about it, and that just feels like they're on the precipice of a mess. For us, honestly, that's where it value to stay at. You know, if we lose our next four, we actually stay at nine. I'm not sure losing our next four is going to take us a lot of effort right now, frankly. You know, without Walker, um, I think we're going to have a hard time. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We're at nine, and Minnesota's at 13, and Philadelphia's at 27. We push the button. The number one pick of the NBA draft goes to the San Antonio Spurs. The number two pick goes to the Detroit Pistons. The number three pick goes to the Toronto Raptors. The number four pick of the draft goes to the Charlotte Hornets. Houston slides three spots. One of those three is going to get brutal, have a brutal day. Portland slides to six. Indiana slides to seven. Washington slides to eight. Orlando slides to nine. And Utah slides to 10. Dallas slides to 11 and the pick goes to the Knicks. Chris Dapp's Przingis deal. Oklahoma City's at 12. Chicago's pick goes to Orlando at 13, and Minnesota's pick goes to Utah at 14. So Utah would draft 10th, 14th, and 27th in this lottery simulation. That is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks. Welcome to Game Time, our new ticket app. Welcome. Thank you to BetterHelp for their sponsorship as well. Please support our sponsors. If you're interested in newsletters, LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletter. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. Tomorrow, we'll break down the Laker game probably from an undisclosed parking lot somewhere. I don't know. We'll have to see if any canyons open. And uh, it's too hard to ski today. It's ridiculous. And it's a game day. So uh, have a great one. Talk to you soon. Thanks very much. This is Locked on Jazz, your team every day.